Thank you for tuning in to Conroe United Pentecostal Church today. We pray that this podcast is a blessing to you. If there is ever anything we can do for you, please email admin at conroeupc.org. Amen. God's doing some good things in people's lives. Amen. I just um, just thought during the service some neat things that's happening. Joey told us last week that uh, he got an employee of the month in like all of his whole company. It's a national company. Got employee of the month uh, last month, which also brought him um, some extra cash that they needed. Amen. I always take the cash. Amen. So I congratulate him. Little things like that are big. Amen. We've got Brother Hobbs just took another job, making another extra thousand dollars a month. Uh, Brother uh, Chris. Amen. Brother Chris starts a new job with about another five dollars or so an hour tomorrow. Uh, amen. Amen. Danny over here went unemployed for a while, then went underemployed for a while, then went employed for a while, and now he's got a promotion. And I don't know. I don't. I think he's making seventy-five, eighty dollars an hour now. Amen. So, if you want to borrow from anybody, that's the man right over there. Amen. So there's other things happening, but I'm so excited about favor and blessing that's coming to people who have have hung in there. Amen. God's good to us. God is so good to us, and uh, I know that He's He's working. Amen. Wonderful things, wonderful things happening. We spent a week at the camp meeting this week. We're going to read from Acts chapter 11, verse number 5. We spent a wonderful week at the camp meeting. And young people, before y'all go, I need y'all to stop. Just turn around real quick. I want every one of y'all that is of age to go to youth camp here in about a week. Okay, so... Let's figure out how to make it happen for everybody, all right? So I need uh, Mirandy, where are you at? Petey, somebody to make sure that that happens. And um, if somebody needs a new pair of tennis shoes, we'll make sure they get tennis shoes or anything. I mean, we, we need to make sure that our kids are at the youth camp here in a couple of weeks. Amen. You can go. Amen. You hear me? Don't let me hear you didn't go. Let me put it that way because we'll make sure it happens. Amen. And there's always, I'm telling you, if there's somebody who can't go because it would be a financial strain to their family, there's always other people in the church who come to us and say, can we help sponsor somebody to go? Amen. The last three or four years, I've probably been weak and pushing kids to go. And so I'm encouraging every one of our kids that are able to be a part of the youth camp here up in Lufkin in in a few days. Amen. God's good to us. Amen. I want my, I want our kids to live for God. Amen. And I, I, this was so impressed on me the last few days that um, uh, I'm taking, we have the children's camp up at Lufkin this week. And I'm loading up all five of our little grandkids. And I'm going to take them in there for a day of youth camp. And I know that's insane. But... Uh, I want them to love what happens. I want them to love what happens in the presence of the Lord with people. Amen. I want them to love that campground. I want them to love uh, the life change experience that can take place. For instance, on a personal note, I'll never forget we snuck Trent into that camp four or five years too young. I think it was five years old, six years old. And he was able to be there a few days. Years and years ago, I mean, I don't know how old he is now. He's like 40 now. A long time ago. But he got the Holy Ghost at that camp that week. Amen. He got the Holy Ghost and came home, and then we baptized him here. And so I'll never trade those experiences. Amen. So I want our kids to be involved and, and go to things. Amen. Acts chapter 11, verse number 5. Amen. One more before I, before I go. If you're a guest here today. I want you to change that. I want you. To, I want this to be home. I want this to be home. Amen. I was in the city of Joppa praying. Peter said. I was in a trance. I saw a vision. 
And I saw a certain vessel descend as it had been a great sheet. It was let down from heaven by four corners. And it came even to me. Upon the which when I had fastened my eyes, I considered and saw four-footed beast of the earth and wild beast and creeping things and fowls of the air. And I heard a voice saying to me, Arise, Peter, slay and eat. But I said, Not so, Lord, for nothing common or unclean hath at any time entered into my mouth. And the voice answered me again from heaven. What God has cleansed, that call not thou uncommon. If God called it clean, you don't call it unclean. He said, I want to go for a little visit, a little journey here in the next 25 minutes or so. I want to talk from this subject. Marching off the map. Marching off the map. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Once upon a time, in the ancient history of the universe, there were these things that we called maps. You may remember them from prehistoric days. When you would open up your glove compartment and you, you, you made a trip up to, uh, you know, you made a trip to Wyoming or somewhere. So you got a map that said Wyoming and it said, it said Idaho and it said Colorado. It's a regional type thing. You, you had a map, uh, you have a map of your home state. Uh, you'd always find in places you hadn't been in your home state. You make a trip across south, you might buy a map that said Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama, Florida. And uh, you didn't, you don't, you don't buy a map that said Georgia because you know the devil went down to Georgia. That you probably ought not to be. <laughs> I'm drawing you to me this morning. All right, you're awake. But uh, we had these these things called maps, and for our younger generation. They were big pieces of paper, like three foot wide and three foot tall. And the way they worked in theory was dad would drive the car. He'd never ask directions. Never ask directions. Gentlemen, understand, if you ask directions, you broke the man code. You broke the man code if you stop and ask directions. If you look at the map, you broke the code. And if some of you sneaky rascals ever go on Google Maps when nobody's looking, we know, we know what kind of man you are. So men never, men never look at the map. They never, they never ask directions. And so in theory, in the all-American family, dad's driving. He knows he's supposed to turn up there somewhere. It's going to happen. Mom would be in the map, spread across the front. You couldn't see mom. She's hidden in the map. And if they had a collision, she'd have a picture of whatever she, whatever area she's looking at. It'd be rubbed off. The ink would rub off because mom was in the map. Then they got a little bit more sophisticated where you didn't have to have them so big because for those that were seasoned travelers, you begin to buy things like atlases, which had, they were big books, you know, about 18 inches wide and, you know, two foot tall and, you could open them up in a page. You could have the whole map of a whole state on the page. And, and every state got its map. And then, and, and it was even better than that because if there was major cities in the state, you could look down on the corner on the atlas and you'd find the major city map and see what the freeways were going to do there. And it was, uh, it was a development of something that was, they were called maps, all right? They were called maps. And maps was not an app on your iPhone, all right? There was, maps was a piece of paper that was folded up in the glove compartment uh, that was nasty. Might have had chewing gum stuck in two pages of it. You know, a piece of candy is melted in there. But it was vital to our way of life. Some of you may remember the key maps. A little orange book for a particular community. 
And uh, you needed to go to a certain street address, and you wanted to find that street. So you'd go to the index, and you'd find that street. It'd tell you to go to page 24 and section A2. And so you go down to, to page 24, and then you take the two sections. And some of y'all nod, you did this. You're going down the freeway in the traffic jam. You got the key map in front of you, and you're going, hmm, hmm. That's right. And you get the map up. You're trying to figure out how, how to get there. And um, those, those were ancient times. Uh, those were times before the, the car had a GPS system that would tell you how to go where you were going. I mean, uh, uh, why do GPS systems always have that irritating voice? You know which one I'm talking about. I mean, it tells you, well, you, you, you missed your turn. You missed your turn. Go back. And so it says turn left, but you turn right. It said the other left, the other left, the other left. It sounds just like the voice of your mother-in-law. <laughs> and everybody said amen. <laughs> I can remember an early, early mapping experience when we were moving from the big maps to this thing called MapQuest. I mean, early MapQuest was a journey. Now, you know, you just punch a square on your phone and, and you just speak to the phone and the phone's smarter than you are. It knows where you really want it to go. As a matter of fact, you get in your car now. This happened to us. There's a lot of evenings about 7.30, 8 o'clock. If we're not doing anything, we decide we're going to go to Starbucks and and read or something there for an hour. So whenever we get in our car about that time of the day, up pops on, I don't know what my wife's got turned on on her phone, but up pops uh, the Starbucks on Lake Conroe is four minutes and 17 seconds away. And it's, and it's, you know, it's, it's three and a half miles and, and it'll give us instructions on, on the hazards between our house and, and there. But, but in early days, we didn't, we didn't have all of those things and, you would be making a trip. You're going to go on a trip. So now we were sophisticated. Instead of having another map poked into the poked into the uh, the glove compartment, you go on MapQuest, and you're going to go five states away. So you'd you'd print this map out where you're going to go, and it would be page after page. We thought it was so good because we had pages of maps. We used to have a one-page map, but our sophistication then made us have all these pages of maps. And then you get on the wrong page, and you think you're in Louisiana, but you're actually in Ohio, and 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 you're trying to find it, and and you lose your Holy Ghost trying to get on the right page of the map. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Some of y'all have done that. Amen. I know one time we were making a trip to Angel Fire, New Mexico. This was one of those times we didn't plan ahead. We were going to see the snow down in South Texas. We don't see a lot of snow. And and a matter of fact, I had I'd seen snow a little bit. My kids had never seen snow. And and uh, we, we needed to go see snow. I think it might have been like spring break week or something. And so we just we didn't have any snow clothes. I mean, all we had was South Texas clothes, you know. And so we just took off. We wound up stopped at a Walmart. Everybody needed boots uh, to go to the snow. But we couldn't afford snow boots. So we went down to Walmart and got down there where the rubber boots were, you know, the rubber work boots. And all of us, all of us got rubber work boots to go into the snow because we needed boots in the snow. It was pitiful looking, y'all. I'm glad it was not such a day as Instagram then because we we were we were pitiful. Me with my blue jeans and my rubber boots that should have been pouring concrete somewhere. My She's for Christ ball cap. My mother's memorial t-shirt. Coming down the bunny slope on the bicycle. It was pretty pitiful. But this map quest, it took us and it, we got down around Santa Fe, Mexico, New Mexico somewhere and it said turn. So we turned and we followed this thing. It was supposed to be a shortcut into into Angel Fire, New Mexico. We followed this little road. It turned into a farm to market road. And then a few miles later, it turned into a gravel road. And then a few minutes later, it turned into a dirt road. And then a few minutes later, it turned into a dirt road going up the side of a mountain. But we were following the map. 
And so it said, we do this. So we stopped and we asked somebody, will this road get us? Yeah, that road will get you to angel fire. So great. So we stuck with it and we started winding up this mountain on a dirt road following the map. Got behind the mail truck and it was driving slow as one lane road by now and it had to stop every time it needed to for, so we were behind it and we we're moving slow up this mountain. We got about halfway up the mountain. There's just on each side of us, there's, there's where they have plowed the snow and the snow is in a wall on each side of us and we're going up the mountain behind the mail truck. When we, when we pull up behind the snow plow and the snow plow was stopped in the middle of the one lane road and it was about 11, 1130 in the morning and uh, we're trying to we want to get the angel fire because we got to try out these new boots on this ski slope and we're we're in a hurry to get there but the snowplow stopped and and so the mail wagon it stopped and we're stopped behind the mail wagon the mailman gets out and says well i guess old john's gone to lunch we'll just have to wait here we can't back down this this curvy dirt road all the way back down the mountain we're stuck until john gets back from lunch so we sit there us and the mail guy for about an hour on a dirt road on the side of a mountain in New Mexico, taking a shortcut to a place we were excited to get. And we waited, and after a while, from the other direction, here comes John. And John pulls up in the pickup, and his buddy turns his truck around and leaves him. John gets in the snowplow, and we follow the snowplow all the way, all the way to where we were trying to go. You know, maps are, are have been an incredible, incredible part of life. And watch them develop. You realize from the primitive times even to now, isn't it nice to simply say, hey, Siri, or, or those of you that do the Google phones and that stuff. I don't know what the name of that phone is, but, uh, you know, just talk to that thing and it, it will just it will just give you give you directions. The book of Acts, the book of Acts is like a, a map of the early church. It's like a road map and it, it tells you where the journey started. It takes you through some neat moments and then it leaves you with anticipation at the end of that map. You know, when, you, when you're traveling with the real map uh, and, and you get to the edge of one state and, and you, you know that you were going to, you had to go to the next page to see where the road picked up in the next state and where the journey was going to go. That's what the book of Acts did. It took you through the, the birth of the church. It took you, it took you through a season when the church was growing and vibrant and it, it was a pathway that there were some trials, some tribulations through there. But at the end of the book, at the end of the book, it leaves you wanting more. It leaves, but it's like a map. It's a journey and it's taking you somewhere and it left you, it left you wanted more, but it wasn't just, um, it wasn't just a, a, a literal map, but the, the book of Acts is like a spiritual map because it's not, it's not the map of a physical journey, but it's the map of a, of a spiritual journey. It's not a travel narrative that was, uh, that was geographical, but it's like a spiritual fold out map. And it was, it was where we started and where we're going to be at when it's all over with and some of the things that might, might happen in that journey. And right in the middle of that, you see where, where Peter is in this journey through the book of Acts. And, and as, as he's there one day, he says he, he went to the city of Joppa. And while he was there, he took residence in a house and he was taking a nap up on the roof. And when he took the nap, uh, he had a dream and, and it was like a sheet came down to him. And, and while he was there in his dream, we just read the story that there were animals that were considered unclean to Jewish dietary law that were in there. And the Lord told him to rise and, and, and kill and eat some of that. This happened not one time, but it happened three times to him during the dream. And then, uh, and then he begins to understand there's a spiritual lesson here. He comes to and immediately, immediately the Lord has told him what I've called clean, you don't call unclean, that there's somebody knocking at the door and, and there's men from another place and there's an invitation to Peter to come to the house of Cornelius. And when you get there, Cornelius is anxious to meet you and wants you to pray with him. And so Peter finds himself, he finds himself stepping into an unknown territory. Here it is in the middle of his journey. 
He's forging ahead. He's got to the edge of his known map. And suddenly he finds himself in a journey that he hadn't planned. He understood the trip to Joppa. He understood climbing the stairs and taking the nap. But what he didn't understand was in the middle of a dream, here comes a revelation to him. And I'm fixing to show you something new. And I'm fixing to take you to a new place. And I'm fixing, I'm fixing to change the paradigm in your life. And, and because you've not eaten some things all of your life, but I'm fixing to show you that some of those things that you've been careful about in the past, I really don't want you to call them unclean anymore. Because I'm fixing to take you into a new place. I'm going to bring a new revelation into your life. And so... Peter does. He goes to Cornelius' house and, and he finds himself, he finds himself leaving the map. He finds himself leaving the map a few days ago. A few days ago, we were following Sister Siri somewhere and, and, and we had the maps going and it was out, out of Brenham and we were going to meet somebody for dinner over there and, and so we just put it in and, and we, we turned off the main road and we knew where we were trying to get. We could have got there without it, but, but we decided we'd follow the map and finally we go down a dirt road, we go down a muddy road and, and finally it stops and says, you've arrived at your destination and it's, there's nothing there but a cow pasture. And so we sit there. Then it says, proceed on foot for 2,000 yards. We didn't do it. But we didn't know where we were going. But here, here is, here is Peter. He's coming from the roof. There's a knock at the door. He goes to Cornelius' house. And when he gets there, he finds good people. He finds people that are hungry for God. He finds people that have been praying and seeking the Lord. And when, when that, when he arrives and begins to talk to them and begins to preach to them, because you see, to this time, the gospel hadn't been shared with anyone but Jewish people. This was a Jerusalem thing to this time. This was an Israelite thing to this, to that time. But at this moment, God was about to say, I'm too big to be contained in any one group of people. And I'm too big to be contained in any one geographic location. So I'm about to open up and we're going to take you down a new journey, Peter. And I'm going to introduce you to a new kind of people that's going to be able to be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And from your paradigm, they're unclean because they're not Jewish people. They're Gentile people. But I want to show you, Peter, that, that you're going to go off the map of your life. You're going off the trail that you think that you know how and you've been navigating all this time. And I'm going to take you off the trail and I'm going to put you in the house of an unclean man. And I'm going to put you in the house of a Gentile. And I'm going to put you somewhere that you never thought you would be. And the Bible says in Acts chapter 10 verse 34 that that when he arrived and he began talking to them, Peter opened his mouth and he said of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. He was explaining he was explaining to the leaders of the church at this point. Uh, he was telling them the story and telling them what had happened. He says, of a truth, uh, he said, uh, I see that God was no respecter of person. He begins to explain, this is, this is what happened. He said, as I begin to speak to them in Acts 11 15, the Holy Ghost fell on them as it fell on us uh, at the beginning. He said, I was preaching to people that weren't supposed to receive the Holy Ghost. I was preaching to people that were out of my paradigm. They were off the map of what I thought was possible. But when I preached to them, and when I told them about this, I saw them receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And since that happened, gentlemen, in verse number 17 of the same verse, chapter, he says, For as much as God gave them the like gift as He did unto us who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, what was I? That I could withstand God. Who was I to stand in the way of what God wanted to do? What he's saying is, I was on this journey. And God took me off the map. He took me off the prescribed pathway that I understood. And I got over to a place I hadn't been before. Preaching to folks that I've never preached to before. And while I was doing that, while I was still telling them about the goodness of God, I watched while I was speaking the Holy Ghost fell and they received the gift of the Holy Ghost and they received the same thing that we did. So he said who was I 
Who was I to say, you're not worthy of the Holy Ghost? Who was I to say, you're not qualified for the Holy Ghost? Who was I to say, this is not for you? Because he was the one who had preached in Acts chapter 2 that the promise was unto you and to your children and those that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God should call. And so what happened, Peter is saying, is God took me off the known route. He took me off the known path. He took me to a place that said, you may have to proceed on foot for a while. There's no map for this area right now, but you're walking in new places. And that's what happened when you came and received the gift of the Holy Ghost. You entered a new place. It was in a place you hadn't been before. You were in a place you didn't understand. And you were in a place where there was not a navigated map for you to be able to understand. But you came to a place where God allowed you to go off the map of your life and enter into a brand new life with a brand new promise and a brand new hope and a brand new confidence in Him. Amen. 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 His name was Alexander the Great. More than 300 years before Jesus was born, Alexander the Great led one of the greatest armies ever. You know, he conquered the known world. He, he had assembled this tremendous army operating out of Greece. He, he led that army across Asia Minor like an unstoppable machine. And anything that stood in front of them, they were able to conquer it. And they marched uh, all the way into India. It was, it was Alexander the Great who had, who had conquered Northern Africa and the Middle East. And, and he, he conquered, you know, the Asia Minor area, the islands there. And then he began to move even deeper. And he got into the, he got into the, the country that we know as, as India. And came to the Himalayan mountains. And when they got to the Himalayan mountains, the, the leaders of his, the generals of his, of his army came to him and said, Sir, Sir, we don't have any mapping beyond this point. This is the, the we don't, you know, we're, we're entering an area where we don't have maps. We don't know where we're going. So it, it would be best if we go back and we stay in an area that we know. We want to stay in a mapped area. But Alexander the Great, the great, the great general, he looked back at them and told them these words, mediocre armies uh, always stay within the known areas, but great armies. Great armies, they march, they march off of the map. And so, uh, he, he didn't let them, he didn't let them turn around. I want to tell you something here this morning. I think that God has allowed some incredible things to happen in our church. He's allowing some wonderful things to unfold. And just a few moments ago, we prayed for Brian because he and we as a church family, we're in an area that's unmapped. When you get somebody that's facing the things that he's face him. And we're, we're suddenly as a church, if we love somebody, we know we, 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 we're going to make that journey with with them. But we realize this is uncharted territory. We don't know how to operate. We don't know how to behave in these areas because this is un. This is unmapped area. But Alexander the Great told us uh, that great armies, uh, they just go where there's no map. So there's a situation that you don't understand. Instead of running from it, uh, please understand something. A great army, a great man of God, a great woman of God won't run from those pressures. But they'll look them in the eye and they'll march toward them. It may be an uncharted area, but they will march toward the uncharted area. It may be an enemy that's larger than you are. But like young David who faced that Goliath, didn't hide behind older brothers. But instead, he marched towards that giant that stood there. Great men, great women, and great churches. They don't worry that when they step off the map, when they step off the charted areas, they, they, they realize that I'm walking in a sensitive area. They're walking. It's like Peter when he had the opportunity in the middle of the storm when Jesus says, would you come to me, Peter? Peter looked. Uh, this is uncharted territory. Nobody walks on water. No, Nobody, nobody, nobody walks on water. But here's Jesus 
just walking on the water. And so he says, come to me, Peter. Peter throws a leg out of the boat, puts the other foot out of the boat. And Peter suddenly, he's off the map. He's off the chart. Nobody, nobody walks on water. But here's Peter leaving footprints in an ocean that's raging that day because he walked on water. I'm here tonight, this morning, to simply say, when the supernatural begins to unfold, you won't be able to offer an explanation for everything that happens. You won't be able to say, this is the map of how we got here. Because when you walk in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Wind of God will lead you places. The Holy Wind of God will direct you places. And when you're there, you just do. You just, you just, you just keep fighting. You just keep praying. You just keep seeking the Lord. And you just keep walking in the Holy Ghost. And when you get there and understand that you've walked off the map, it's an exciting, it's an exciting place of time. Just last week, Joe, Joe Beckham, we baptized him in Jesus' name. Joe's older than I am, so he's probably in his 60s, uh, had some surgeries a while back. Uh, He's been coming to church uh, with his family and, and he's, but he told me a couple of weeks ago, he said, I've been, the Lord's been dealing with me and he says, it's about time that I got baptized. Uh, I know Joe's set through Bible studies. Uh, Joe's family's all been baptized, received the Holy Ghost, uh, but he's been holding back a little bit. Uh, But he said, you know, I've been holding back, but it's time I go ahead and just take this step. Uh, You know what happened last Sunday morning when he went into the waters of baptism? He walked off the map of his life. Uh, He walked off the pathway that he's walked all this time, and then he stepped uh, into a realm that he uh, he stepped uh, into a place that he doesn't know yet. Uh, He doesn't understand it yet. Uh, He can understand the carnal world. He can understand his career. He can understand his money. He can understand his house and his bills. But when he stepped off the map and began walking in a different pathway, he walked into the waters of baptism. I don't know what's going to happen in Joe's life, but I know he left the map that was drawn for him out of humankind and out of the past. And he's going to walk a new pathway. And I get excited when I realize people wander off the map. They get off the prescribed course and they find themselves right where God had wanted them to be. This is exciting. It's no different with Linda a few days ago. She texted my wife and said, the Lord's been dealing with me about being baptized in Jesus' name. She told us, she told my wife, I've not spoken to her much. She, She comes to church. She has that big smile on all the time. I pick on her as a whole. There's about five generations of those women on that one pew and there's only one man in the whole bunch. If you don't have anything to pray for, pray for son-in-law Alamon over there because there is a lot of girl things going on in his universe. But she told my wife, she said, I was raised up in a Trinitarian church. I was baptized Trinitarian form. I got the Holy Ghost. But I, I really, I think somebody, I think when one of the services I was gone, uh, Trent may have, Brother Trent may have preached or, or taught on, on baptism. I'm not certain how it all worked out, but, uh, but, uh, but she said, it's time that I, I feel like I'm supposed to be baptized in Jesus' name. And, and on a Wednesday night, uh, she went to the waters of baptism and she left the map. She walked off the map of what she knew. She entered into territory that was uncharted for. She didn't quite understand it, but there was something saying, i got to go to a place that's different. i got to go to a place that I don't understand. It's different right now, but I'm going to, by faith, I'm going to wander off this map, and I'm going to step into a brand new map, into a brand new area, an uncharted area of my life. And then a week later, Linda texts us and says, look, my little mama, my little mama wants to be baptized as well. And so mama's 80 years old and been a Trinitarian all her life. But she sees this too, that she wants to be baptized in Jesus' name. And so Anna, Wednesday night a week ago, I was not here, but we baptized. You baptized her in the name of Jesus, 80 years old. I don't know how they got her up the stairs. I don't know how they got her in the water. They might have just thrown her in. I don't, I don't know. But, but she went in the waters of baptism. And, and she left a, a map that she'd been using for 80 years years. 
She wandered off that map. She marched off that map. And she went in the waters of baptism in the name of Jesus. And she got on a new map. She got on a new pathway. She, she continues a journey. But she's in a new place today. This is absolutely so excited for me. It makes me understand some things, some other things that happened in the New Testament. Like that Syrophoenician woman that day who ran and fell at the feet of the Lord and said, Lord, if you would help my daughter. My daughter is full of the devil. My daughter has got bad spirits in her. Would you deliver her and would you help her? Now here was a woman who was not part of Israel. Here was a woman who was not part of the Israelites. She was not Jewish. And the Lord looked at her and spoke to her at first and began to tell her, I can't do, I can't give this to you. It's not meat for me to give the kingdom of God unto dogs. He called her a dog. He insulted her. But right then, she figured out something. If I'm going to get what I need, I can't keep being what I've always been. I keep acting like I've always acted. But I'm going to have to get off this map of life as I have known it. And so in just just an instant, she's at the feet of the Lord. And He's called her a dog. But she looks at Him. She takes one step over the line. And she gets off the map of her life. And she says, Lord, Lord... You may call me a dog, but I'm going to worship you anyhow. And she's at his feet and she's worshiping the Lord. And when she wandered off that map into a spiritual realm, she was in that Jewish world where it's not okay. But when she got off the map and wandered into God's world, the spiritual realm, suddenly the Lord says, I'll tell you what, I'll take care of your circumstance. Somebody here needs to realize you've had a map of your life, but you're being dealt with. You're being led out of the natural life that you've known to take a step across the line into a place that's uncharted a place that's unmapped a place that you don't understand but there's something beginning to happen in your spirit that says I don't want to stay over here in the areas that I understand I got to get over across that line into an area I don't understand it I can't comprehend it but it's pulling me it's drawing me it's bringing me up to to this place that is so different and so new. Let me under, let me just simply say it this way to somebody this morning. God's ready to move you to a new place. He wants to bring you to new dimensions. He wants to bring new revelation. He wants to bring new peace. He wants to open up doors in your mind and your spirit that you can't even begin to comprehend now. But God's got a plan for your life. And He's let you walk that map all of this time. But He's about to let you take that step across that line to wander off what you can understand and step off into things you don't begin to comprehend but oh when you get there when you step into that spirit when you wander across those out of that charted territory and to the territory of the spirit you're going to find joy unspeakable and full of glory you're going to find the peace of God that passes all understanding your faith is going to do things you're going to want to live for God it's going to make sense you know when you're just in a carnal world when you're in a carnal mind, it doesn't make sense going to church more than once a week. Just go to church once a week. Man, I'm a good Christian. As a matter of fact, denominally, denominally what happens when folks who've just, you know, quote, accepted Christ just to show up at church one time, they're considered good, good members and good standing. They just, they just show up and, and they come and, and, and they've, they've, they've got a church membership and, and, and that's good. But you know, when you step across that line, Suddenly, you don't want to go on Sunday morning. You want to show up at a prayer meeting on Monday. You want to show up at a Bible lesson during the week. You want to get involved in a small group. You want to go on off days. You want to go out to eat with somebody from the church because now it's not just a, it's not just the charted map that I go to church one time so I'm a Christian, but I'm in uncharted territory. I'm making new relationships. I'm growing in Christ. I'm different. I don't want what I understood on the old map, but I'm walking now and a new place. I'm walking now in a new world. I'm walking now in a new universe. And I'll go to church three or four times a week. I'll go to a prayer meeting. I'll go to a Bible lesson. That doesn't make sense. Your co-workers might look at you and say, you're crazy, dude. Girl, what's wrong with you going to church that much? They don't understand. They're over there in charted territory. But you wandered off the map. And you wandered into the realm of the Spirit where He's filling you and He's leading you. 
you and you've been changed and you wouldn't go back over there for nothing. You don't want to live where it's all charted out. You want to live where there's a mighty rushing wind of the Holy Ghost. You want to live where the miraculous can take place. You want to live in that place where your prayers are answered. You want to live in that place where there's a witness of the Holy Ghost daily in your life. Amen. So you've wandered off the map that was handed to you. Now you're living in a different place. It's like that man, like that man who, who went every day to the pool of Bethesda. Every day he went there. As a matter of fact, life had gotten a bit boring for him. Life had gotten a bit boring for him because every day for 38 years, he'd gone back to that pool. Can you imagine for 38 years getting up Dragging yourself down the same road, the same path. You got it charted out. And now, you know, some of you folks have had the same job for 40 years. Can I tell you something? I don't understand you. I have friends who've never missed a paycheck in 40 or 50 years. It's gotten bigger every year. I have friends who've never had moments when when they were in between jobs. I mean, it was just, it was just, I mean, some of y'all have been in the same job forever. And so you've never known, you've been secure, you've been blessed all these years. I, I rejoice. But I, I just, I don't comprehend having been to the same job for 40 years. Here's this guy. He's getting up and going to the same place for 38 years every day. And it's not a place. It's got just a smidgen of hope that things might get better. But but even a smidgen of hope that things might get better because the custom was that an angel would come and stir the waters of that pool. And all of them that were lame and halt that were laying around the pool, if they could get in the water, the first one that got there would be healed. And sometimes uh, I think when there's new people around the church, I, I tend to expect everybody to know the dynamics of every story. So so some of you, if, if this story bores you for a moment, just bear with us. Uh, there's some folks that's just got off the map, and they're trying to learn some of this stuff, all right? So, so this pool of water, if the angel would stir it, if somebody could get in the water, the first one, they would be healed. The blind guy, if he could get in the water, his eyes would be, be healed. The leper, if he could get in the water, he, the leprosy would be healed. So if the first one to get there but jesus shows up this day and there's a fellow that has been there for 38 years 38 years his map has been get up in the morning drag myself to the pool of bethesda Stay there all day, hope that just something good happens. At the end of the day, I drag myself the same pathway, the same math that I've done all this time. I get back to my house, and then the next morning I get up, I drag myself the same, the shortest route, the path of least resistance, and I get right back there. And I've been doing it for 365 days a year times 38. I can't even calculate that right now. But that's something like 13 or 14,000 days. He's gotten up, and he's gone to the same place and come back but one day while he's laying there the lord shows up and said sir would you like to be made whole the whole object of going to this place was if i go to this place when i get there if the water stirred if i can get in the water i can be made whole but this day following the same path on the same map he's used all of this time this the man comes up the lord comes and said sir would you like to be made whole and the, the gentleman said said, oh, I'd love to, but I don't have any help. If, if there was help, if there was hope of the water stirring, I don't have help to get me to the hope. I am in a mess. I'm in a bad, a bad, a bad, bad situation. And the Lord says, sir, if you'd like to be made whole, here's what I want you to do. I want you to rise up. I haven't risen up in 38 years, sir. I've been laying here. If I could rise up, if I could rise up. I wouldn't be laying here. But the Lord says, sir, I want you to rise up. And I want you to take up your bed. And I want you to step off of this map that you've been living for 38 years. And I want you to take one step. And when you take that one step, you can throw your bedroll over your shoulder. Rise up. Take up your bed. And walk. You've been dragging yourself down an old path. And an old map for all this time. But when you rise up and you take up your bed, you roll that thing up, you throw it on your shoulder. When you take that first step, uh, you're stepping from the pool of Bethesda. You're st- you're standing in the place where you've laid for 38 years. You know what's going to happen? You've made the same path 
to your house and back here every day for 38 years. But when you take that step across, when you take that single step from the, from the charted path that you're on and you step and do the supernatural, he's not taking that step without the help of the Lord. He's not taking that step if he don't have a miracle. He's not taking that step if his faith is not strong enough for him to take a step across that line. But when he picked up his foot and he took that first step and he stepped across that line of that map that had been charted for 38 years, now he stepped into a realm of the supernatural. Rise up, take up your bed and walk. He stepped across that line. He didn't go back the same place the same way he came. He he didn't he didn't go the same way. He walked instead of crawled. He left there and he walked in a different pathway. He was on a map that was uncharted. He got off the map. He got off the chart and allowed God to work the miracle in his life. I am so filled with faith today. God wants to work in your life. God wants to transform you. You've been on a pathway that's just been going in circles, but God's ready for you to step into uncharted territory. There's enough mercy of Jesus Christ to forgive you for anything. There's enough miracle working power in his life that he can fulfill and fix anything that's broken in your world. I'll preach to broken situations. I'll preach to people that's been locked into things for a long time and they want to get out. I'll preach to the miraculous. I'll preach to stepping into the realm of faith. I'll preach this morning that somebody can have a realm of faith opened up to you that's absolutely transformational. Amen. He may wandered, he wandered off the map, wandered off of it, and God, God, God worked for him. It's, it's, it's amazing what happens when people take a step of faith in spirit. I mean, it's easy for us to stay secure. How many don't like change? How many don't like change? Amen. We don't like change. I know we don't. Um, I'm a sentimental guy. I'm a loyal guy, and I, I don't want nothing. I want to. I want to try to heal things, keep everything together. I, I don't want to. I don't want some some change. It just just bothers me. But God wants change in our lives. I mean, if He didn't want us to grow, if He didn't want us to to do better in life, if He didn't want us to grow spiritually, uh, He wouldn't always be challenging us to go further and do more. Amen. Amen. But I can't cling to the map of yesterday and ever hope to live in the miraculous of tomorrow. And I'm not talking standards. Okay, I understand, church. I'm not talking our, our identity and I'm not talking our lifestyle. I'm talking about being willing to be different enough to take a step of faith and allow something transformational to take place in our life. Amen. I want I want to be willing. I want to be willing as a man, as a pastor, as a father, as a grandfather. I want to be willing. I want to teach my kids. I want my my grandbabies to know the good things of God. I want to know the power and the wonder of God that was handed to me. But I want them to see it. I don't want them to experience it. I don't want to. I was born in 1961. I don't want to take my kids. Have to somehow find a time machine and take my young grandbabies all the way back to. 1961 and say look this is the way it was and this is the way it's got to be I want to say guys uh, you're going to live in a world that poppy's never going to live in you're going places that poppy can never live that poppy can never go you're going to see things that I'm never going to understand but uh, what's going to happen is I want you to take I want you to take a piece of the past to the future but I want you to be willing to wander into uncharted territory I want you to be willing to take this good Holy Ghost and this good faith I want you to to step across the line and I want you to be able to walk in the year 2050 and be a man and be a woman that can face the world in 2050. The two world of 2050 not going to be my world from, from the leave it to be regeneration of 1961. It's going to be different. Today is different. I want my kids, I want my grandkids to be equipped to step across the line in uncharted territory. Hey, I, no, we've got some of our young... Some 
some of our young people right now in the United Pentecostal Church. We've got two United Pentecostal Church uh, uh, young lawyers right now that that are serving as 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 assistants uh, to Supreme Court justices. Uh, Sister Megan can ex- explain to us a little bit more what it is. Uh, but 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 in all reality, we've got two of our oneness apostolic people that are actually in helping to influence things that are going on in our Supreme Court right now. We've got people who are serving in the Trump White House right now that have actually been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. They've spoken in tongues and they've been baptized in Jesus' name. This is absolutely incredible. Right now, we have a Bible study going on in, in the United Nations. It, it happens every week. And a United Pentecostal pastor travels from Chicago all the way to the UN every week and he leads people from all over the world all over the world leaders ambassadors there's a couple of hundred people that attend this meeting but they're from other nations and other tribes and other places but it's a good it's a good apostolic one God apostolic his name is his name is art something that's doing this art what Art, not hard, hard, just, it's art, son. Brother Art, just remember Brother Art. He's a black man. He goes in there and he just talks uh, to the hearts of those people and they're getting the Holy Ghost and they're being baptized in Jesus' name in, in, in the UN building. I'm telling you what's happened. We've got some people that have been on this map of life and suddenly there was a great door of opportunity open to them and they were prepared and they stepped into an uncharted area and they're teaching Bible studies in the UN. They're advising the president. They're influencing the court's decision good people apostolic people tongue talk good tongue talking people that are influencing the nation in so many ways and just a few weeks ago during the hurricane time the president came to Houston he picked one church to go to what did he go to he went to a united pentecostal church a one god apostolic tongue talking church and there was a group of people that had an opportunity and they got off the map and god brought favor. I'm here this Sunday morning to say God wants to move in this church. He wants to move in your life. He wants to move in your family. Are we going to be willing to follow the Spirit? Are you going to be willing to let God have His way with your life? Are you going to be willing to move in an uncharted territory? Hallelujah. 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 It was blind Bartimaeus that day that had a need in his life and he cried out to the Lord and he stopped God in his tracks. And the Lord stopped and turned and said, bring him to me. And when Bartimaeus started that trip over to him, he, he, before, before he took a step, he took off his coat that was the sign of the blind man. And he threw this, he threw his coat aside. He got rid of his coat. He threw it. The Bible says he cast his garment aside. That was the same as a blind Blind man today throwing his white stick to the side. He says, I'm not, everybody recognizes the blind man's white stick in our society. And everybody recognized the blind man's coat in that day. He threw that coat aside and started walking to Jesus. You know, that coat was part of his charted map. That coat would open doors for him. That coat would stop traffic for him. That coat would help get him to where he needed to go. But he threw it aside and he started walking to Jesus. He stepped into a new realm. He stepped and do an uncharted territory. He stepped into areas that he couldn't understand. I will prophesy today that there will things happen in this church that will not make sense, that we don't comprehend. That's beyond our ability to imagine. But there are some folks, there are men and women who will walk through those doors that will blow your mind. There will be people receive the gift of the Holy Ghost here and it's going to mess up our minds. But God has got us off of a mapped area and He said, are you willing to follow me? Are you willing to go with me? Are you willing to get off the mapped area and follow after the Holy Ghost? Hallelujah, hallelujah. I challenge you, if you're hungry for God, if you're hungry for the things of God, if you got a passion for the things of God, if you love truth, and if you love righteousness, and if you love godliness, and if you love the things of the Spirit, I challenge you this morning to get on your feet with me and take a step of faith and step across the charted line. Step off of the map as you've known it and be willing, be willing 
willing to hang on to some truth, but step into a realm of faith that you can't begin to understand. Hallelujah. 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 I challenge you, let's wander off the map. Wander off the map that you've known. Wander off the map that's in your glove compartment. Wander off the map that's stuck in your back pocket and say, God, where you lead, I will follow. How you move, I will move. And what you say, I will do, God. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. It's with faith that I challenge the church this morning. It's with faith I cry out today. God's got some more Lindas. God's got some more Joes. God's got some more Hannahs. God's got some more Bryans. Ah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Makes me want to jump off the map. You're sick and tired of being the way you always been. It's time to change that. If you had never fasted on a whole day, get off the map and fast a whole day. If you had never been to one of our Monday night prayer meetings and you hear us talking about it, think they must be crazy. You're missing the best 30 minutes of the week around here. You ought to show up and say, that, that would be some of us getting off the map, just showing up besides on Sunday morning. Get here and, and experience the explosion that happens. And I'm telling you what's going to happen on a Monday night. We get to praying and we're loud and we're noisy when we're praying. But Sister Linda, she's not here today, but Sister Linda, she'll, she'll, she'll stop us and yell at us. Y'all not praying loud enough. Y'all not praying hard enough. Y'all need to be louder. Y'all need to make some noise. And we'll pray louder. And things will start moving in here. And incredible things will take. I'm saying it's time for us to get off of the known map. It's time for us to step in the realm of uncharted faith. And God's got a plan. And God's going to use you. And God's going to put things in your life you can't begin to imagine. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You just don't know. It might be one of our people that's the little maiden that's captured and taken to Samaria, living in Naaman's house. That's not the plan. Mom and daddy had plans for her. But she's captured, and she's a slave. She's a servant to the master's wife, and she's living in Naaman's house. And God, God, I got her off the map. And when Naaman's got the leprosy, Eating at his body. It's that little girl that she says, you know, I'm off my map. <laughs> I'm all, I'm way off my map. But you know, what if I just take a little further step? And she says, oh, that my master, oh, that Naaman, oh, that Naaman could come and visit the man of God in Israel. And Naaman got word of it. And it was a little girl. We don't know her name. We don't know anything about her. But she left the map. She left the chart. She left the plan to scrap course. And she shared that simple request. It wasn't long before Naaman comes riding up to the man of God's house. And you know, at the end of the story, Naaman's healed and cleansed. We don't know who God's going to take off the map in this church. We don't know who God is going to say, step across that line right there, and I'm going to take you into something that is so, so, so very different. Oh, this thrills my heart and spirit. If you're ready for God to, to take you into places that you never dreamed. If you've been, if you've been pondering being baptized in Jesus' name and receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost, don't be afraid of it. Be willing. Be willing to wander off the map. Be willing to trust God. Be willing to let Him help you through it. If you're, if you're a member of this church and God's been dealing with you to do a Bible study or to do a small group or, or to lead somebody and, and do something, do something different, I'm challenging you. Don't, don't just stick to the comfort of the prescribed map, but be willing. Be willing to step into an uncharted area. Some of you never taught a Sunday school class. Some of you have never taught a Bible study. Some of you have never done anything that could be perceived to be something up front or, or leading others. But let God allow, let God help you step across that line. And when you step into that realm, you don't know how you're going to influence people. Sister Weldon will tell you, a little friend of hers saw her one time in public somewhere. The lady came to church. She wasn't a Bible study teacher. She wasn't a singer. Wasn't none of that stuff. 
She just said, just come to my church. And before long, after Robin stepped across that line into faith, it wasn't long before Robin started teaching a Bible study to Sister Weldon and her husband and 500 kids that was living with them. And there was times I'd go and I took over the Bible study for a while and we turned it over to somebody else. But there was time they'd have 50 people in a Bible study in their house because somebody wandered off the map. They just wandered off the charted area. And they got over there. They didn't know what they were doing. Finally needed some help. They would, and they got them some help. But there were areas they couldn't understand. And God used it. God's going to use somebody here in a miraculous way. God's going to elevate some people in this church. Amen. God, He may elevate the least likely. And if He elevates the least likely, the rest of us don't need to get jealous of what God's doing in Him. Because the problem, the truth of the matter is, the difference in the one God uses and doesn't use is that's probably the guy that was willing to wander into uncharted territory. He's willing to overcome his fears and teach a Bible study. Willing to overcome his fears and invite his neighbor to a small group. Willing to say, hey, can I bring your kids to vacation Bible school at my, at my church with my kids? I mean, little things like that can petrify us sometimes. But when you wander across the line, you get off the map, you're going to do anything. You wander anywhere. You know what God's doing. And right now in this room, God's dealing with somebody's heart to get off the charted map and take you to uncharted territories. Lord Jesus, in this room right now, from the front to the back, I know you're working with somebody. I know you're dealing, God. I'm asking, Lord, that you work. Lord, you know who you're dealing with. You know who you're leading. And Lord, I know, Master. I know, Master. I know, Master, leaving the charted pathway a lot of times is scary. But I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that we do it in faith and confidence. And you lead us and guide us. And when we're following you in those uncharted territories, we never go down. We never go down. So by the authority of the Holy Ghost, would you move in this room, Jesus? I declare you're moving. I declare your leading. I declare your miraculous in this house. I declare it by the authority of the Holy Ghost. I declare that I stand on your word, Jesus. The miraculous can unfold. Every spirit of confusion that would rise up, I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. Every spirit of fear that would rise up to keep us from wandering into uncharted territory, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. Every spirit of hesitation, every spirit of hesitation, I rebuke it in the name of Jesus and I pray faith rise up in the heart and souls of the men and women of this church and we as a body we be willing we be willing to step into an uncharted territory of your spirit we step into areas we've never dreamed about in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus oh grab hands with somebody close by I know we hadn't gathered around the front but grab hands with somebody close by and I want you to pray for that person Lord remove fear from their mind remove fear from their spirit remove uncertainty from their spirit remove the spirit of doubt from their mind and their heart right now by the authority of the Holy Ghost we declare uncertainty be gone fear be gone in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus Lord let the perfect love of your spirit flow through this tabernacle because when your perfect love comes in fear cannot stay and so Lord I'm praying in the name of Jesus that love be in this house let men and women feel your love let them feel your spirit let them feel your glory oh Lord in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus you're leading us Lord you're leading us Lord you're taking us to new places God and it's with faith that we rejoice and we know we know, Lord, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 In the name of... He's leading you. He's, he wants to fill you with the Holy Ghost. He wants to see you baptized in Jesus' name. He wants to see your family put back together. He wants to see you out of hiding and living out and open. Hallelujah. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. 
Oh, that's it. Reach out and grab a hold of his hand. Reach hold and take, reach out and take hold of him in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Miraculous unfold. Miraculous unfold. Uncharted territory. It's not that dangerous. God's with you. Hallelujah. 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 In the name of Jesus. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Amen. We're going to come back tonight. We're going to pray. And I believe somebody's going to be bold enough at some point. Step out of the, step out of the known. Step into the unknown. Step out of the controlled. Step into the uncontrolled. That's one of the things that we have to realize. That to really have an apostolic demonstration of the Spirit, you're going to have less control. Things get crazy. Things are going to get crazy. But that's fine. Because God's in control of that. And I like my human controls. I like my checks and balances. But sometimes when the Holy Ghost moves, it just kind of all goes away and, and dust settles and, and, uh, we, we might have to call some things to order after the fact and, and, uh, we'll, we'll get all that figured up when in the right season. But when the Holy Ghost moves, we got to baptize folks that we all, we might think we might not should and we're going to pray for folks we probably think not quite ready. We're going to, we're going to do all kind of things we never thought. Okay. If we're going to do all that and then we're going to, it's going to settle and we're going to have, have a different season. And we'll have to, that area that we're traveling now, we, it's going to get on the map. We've got to stop and pause and draw this into the map. And there'll be another season we step off the map. And then we'll have to stop again and draw the map into where we're at. And you look back, you have a whole atlas of spiritual experiences that'll blow your mind. Amen. God bless you. I love you so much. Amen. Come back tonight with faith. Come back tonight to pray and worship. Have some word. And we're going to have a great time. God bless you. I love you to our guests. Thank you for being here this Sunday morning. Come back soon. Come back real soon. Amen. Let's go in Jesus' name.